Welcome one and all to the first episode of Nature's Radio, the podcast where I, your host Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, talk to people from all over the nature world, domestic, exotic, petri, all the stuff like that. We're here today. Boy, I'm excited. Be sure, guys, it is our first episode, so I gotta get it out of the way. Be sure to fucking leave a review on this, whatever you're listening on. There's so many avenues to listen for a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, naturesradio.podbean.com, and leave a review for us. Subscribe and leave a review. It helps us out greatly. We're a new podcast. Podcast, share it to your friends and such as well. I do got to make it clear, this episode was recorded a few months ago before this release date, so if anything seems a little bit timely, that's why. Also as well, to other people out there who work in an organization, a zoo, or whatever it might be, and you want to get your voice heard, and you want to talk about and have a very laid-back conversation, then guess what, folks? You can. Send me an email at filmworld97 at gmail.com, and go ahead and we'll try to get you here on the show. Now, without further ado, let's dive into my pleasantry talk here with Christian. What's up, guys? Generic YouTuber here. What? <laughs> uh, sorry, generic podcaster. Oh, um, God. We're shooting the shit today for, what was it called? It's Nature's Radio. Also, Nature's Radio. it doesn't help you're a white guy. Never. No, it does not help when it's a generic and you're a white guy. Uh, welcome, guys. I'm the host of the show, not fucking Christian here, <laughs> whom you may think. I'm the host of uh, Dakota Morgan, episode one of this shit. There's been a trailer talking about it, but this is episode one of Nature's Radio, the uncensored talk show where I, I myself as an animal caretaker and fighter of animal rights, I guess you could say, as I bring on people who work in animal field too. We shoot the shit, tell some fun stories, and talk about all sorts of things and perhaps give you guys some knowledge too while also brain-fucking you a little bit on a completely uncensored show. Christian, it is very hot. Welcome to the show, Christian. Thanks for having me. Uh, we got beers. Yeah, no, we got beers um, for sure. Dead space. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was some ASMR. (laughs) Please cut that out. (laughs) No, no, we're going to leave that. People are going to tune in like a son of a bitch for this show. Um, Yeah, guys, welcome to Nature's Radio. Christian here, you have a very interesting... You and I have been friends now for two years almost. It's been almost two fucking years. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's been almost two years. We've helped each other out through a lot of ups and downs. We've been through a lot of crazy shit. We've saved each other's lives more times than I can count. We're currently touching knees. We are. Fascinating. Very fascinating. Uh, <laughs> we both have girlfriends, but does that mean anything in 2022? Who knows? Um, but yeah, you tell, tell people, I mean, we met at uh, Phoenix Herpological Sanctuary where we do some work. Um, you're currently technically my teacher in a way as I'm an intern there, but also a worker, but then a not worker with you guys. I don't fucking know. But tell the people, volunteer, volunteer, but also intern now Mm -hmm. uh, with the Crocs and also caretaker with other animals, too, because fuck, you guys drag me into everything. They're like, oh, what does he do? He he handles everything. It's fine. (laughs) I I don't even think I get yelled at for working on mammals anymore. (laughs) It's really at that point. Uh, What do you do exactly, though? Uh, so I'm, I do a little bit of everything. I do a little bit of everything, but I mostly work with the juvenile crocs and, and anything under five feet. You but I do work with the adult ones as well, and, and as I get pulled in to just about anything that's necessary, I will do it. Um, like, for instance, just yesterday, what, you and I helped with a cleaning the pond of the New Guinea crocs. Yeah. Yeah, we were 10, 15 feet down on a pond, mm-hmm. I would say. We had the New Guinea down there. How, what's, he, what's he at size-wise? I'd say uh, not nine, maybe 10 feet. Nine, maybe, yeah, I think about 10 almost. Probably. 
he and we use shields and we push them back. But, you know, we do feedings. We do caretaking. Shit, we do medical. I mean, Christian here has done some papers as well. So put together some stuff on it. And why not? And I still believe you should probably publish that paper on fucking crocodilian health. Why not? Because you have a big collection of it. So we might as well put it out there. Side note. Uh, we do a lot of shit like that. I mean, shit. We also take care of snakes. So we should make it clear the Phoenix Sanctuary, Herbological Sanctuary, is a place where... Uh, we uh, takes in animals. I mean, you explain it. You're technically a fucking worker. Promote yourself. So, so, so it's it's uh, backstory, backstory. We're we're the largest reptile sanctuary in the U.S. at the moment, um, and uh, right around somewhere between 1,600 and 1,700 animals, something like that. And um, we, not including yeah. tortoises. Yeah, not well. That does that does oh, include shit. tortoises, oh, but uh, but it's um, about. 600 of those are African sulcata tortoises. Um, so majority of it is actually tortoises. Then we've got about 100 crocodilians. Um, got no snakes. 250 venomous snakes, probably yeah. 600 non-venomous snakes and lizards. Um, we've got a handful of mammals, which I'm sure you'll have Mason on at some point. He actually was going to text you and see if he could come today, but I don't think he ever did. Um, did yeah, I figured. Um, yeah, so... We we do a little bit of everything, and um, we'll take we'll take in reptiles that need somewhere to go. We'll um, do our best to find them new homes. But if they can't be rehomed, then we will keep them with us at the sanctuary as long as we possibly can. Um, on the topic of wild things, I'm going to derail this for just a moment. Is, is it the story? It's the story. All right. So I had quite the drive over here to record. Well, hold on. We are in Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. I should make it clear. Uh, not all the guests we're going to have on the show are in Phoenix, but we are in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm not going to give my apartment, but we are in my apartment right now recording in our studio thing that we have. Number 1733. Uh, what the numbers, Mason, what do they mean? Uh, <laughs> if you know that joke, which, by the way, that's a game. It's 12 fucking years old now. Make you feel old. 12 years old at least. Um, I think Model for 2 is 15. That's worse, because I remember <laughs> when that came out. I remember when Modern Warfare 2 came out and staying up until midnight to go to GameStop to pick up Modern Warfare 2, then go home and play it all night long. Fallout 4 is eight years old now, possibly almost, I think, ten. I played like an hour of Fallout 4, and that's it. You're dead to me. All right. <laughs> we play Halo together sometimes, so it's fine. All right, so continue the story. Yeah, so so on the drive over here, I had the most wild experience, and I can I can say it was probably somewhere in the area of Cactus and Seventh Street, oh, which God. is which is northern Phoenix. Um, Beginning of Rocktown. I don't know who this person was, uh, right. but there was there was somebody standing waiting to cross at the light. This was about the longest fucking red light I've ever sat at. It, it eight minutes easy. So. I'm sitting there. I'm probably five cars back. This guy's standing at the light. Um, no idea who any of these people involved in this story are. Um, somebody rolls down their window, hands this guy, I shit you not, a full unopened pack of Trulies. <laughs> guy, it's just random ass car handing this random ass guy a pack of Trulies. Dude says thank you. Immediately breaks open the box and starts shotgunning. No, no, this guy's waiting at the light. He's standing at the light, like, on foot, waiting to cross in the crosswalk. Yeah, so he starts just shotgunning. Um, and he gets about eight Trulies in and then turns around, immediately throws up. 
throws up a second time, turns back around, finishes the last four Trulies. That man's a hero. He, <laughs> that man is a fucking hero from all I'm concerned. Um, that, wow. I told you it was a story. Wow. I saw some dude whacking off the other day when I was driving my ambulance, so there's that. I mean, that's impressive. <laughs> Nine Trulies. We're here with our own beers. I got a Corona, and you got a... Uh, the Joy Bus uh, from Four Peaks local brewer here. It was actually that was actually from buddy Chris, who's from Illinois. He actually came down. Shout out to you, Chris. He lives here now, and he actually gave that as a moving present. So you're fucking slacking, Christian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I gave you nothing. You give me teeth. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I should say crocodile teeth. That's what I'm paid in as an intern. I'm paid in. No, no, it's actual teeth. It's human teeth. I pulled mine out last night. We all feel old in animal jobs. Trust me. <laughs> but we, I feel like that's my next thing to go is my fucking teeth. Um, but yeah, so you deal with some stuff too. And we, so we've been through the arena a little bit. So have you, you've been through some fucking arena and adventures here because people may think it's a glorious job 24 seven. Uh, I'm going to make it clear to everybody here. Any job that we work hands on with animals, it's not always glorious. It's not always. It's 90% feces. Who and, and carnivore feces are a smell. <laughs> It is a smell. Um, I should make it clear. It's it's on par with smells. Is my job too? Is I think in the trailer we may or may not put out actually. The my other job is an EMT officer, so I am an emergency animal medical technician. I drive an animal ambulance. I help do crimes, uh, do stray injured strays and whatnot. So we do also owner surrenders. I work with PD. Yada yada yada. We go to hoarder houses and my god, I'll do a whole episode on that job because that's that's a fucking job. Um, whoo, at least get my own ambo. Um, what's with the Arizona Humane Society? Animal Cops Phoenix. So look the show up. That's what it is. So, is that, an actual show? that is a show. It's on uh, Discovery Plus on Animal, uh, animal Planet right now, actually. Are you on it? I am not, but I actually am friends with the majority of the cast. I'm going to go home and watch it. Do it. It's going to make you depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make you really depressed. I watched Animal Cops Detroit starting at the age of six years old. Thank you very much. You know what I was doing at six years old watching? Orangutan Island. Okay. That was a good one. I cried, and I, I put together a binder with papers telling George Bush he needs to get his act together and help conserve orangutans when one died on the island because it drowned. And it said that if people gave a damn, then they wouldn't have done this. They wouldn't have died. I'm like, oh, no. I wrote to George Bush, and I never sent it out. My dad's like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, you were writing letters to, to GW and, uh, <laughs> and I was, uh, watching Zaboomafu and then immediately into, um, Animal Cops Detroit and Chicago and all that bullshit. Um, oh God, there was no Animal Cops Chicago anymore because he was shot. Well, I'm pretty sure a handful of them got shot on the show, I, so. I've almost been shot a bunch. I've almost been stabbed a bunch, um. But it's gonna it's gonna be a that, that podcast episode's gonna be a fucking story. I would like to be on for that. You okay? <laughs> so you can be. Um, so working on Crocs, my good man. I know what it's like, but the listeners who may not know jack shit maybe working at Walmart right now who are listening to the podcast episode because fuck, <laughs> or maybe listening to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> who the hell knows? What is that like exactly? You know, I think you're forgetting a very important demographic for this podcast. Uh, underwater basket weavers, um, the utmost important listener. Um, everyone else, fuck off. Uh, the, show. <laughs> the show's been canceled. If you know that reference, the show's been canceled. 
<laughs> Any, any, anyways. Uh, no, it's it's great working with crocodiles. You know, it's alligators, alligators too. Any crocodilians in general. So that encompasses. Um, well, at, at the Phoenix Herp Sanctuary, we have um, twenty two of the twenty four recognized species of crocs. Now that number is going up. It's it's more than twenty four as the days go by. You know, you've got. Um, the Rio Apoporus caiman has been rediscovered in the Amazon. That's true. Um, originally thought extinct. You've got um, the subspecies now. You've got West African crocodiles. There's three subspecies of dwarf crocodiles. Um, I believe they're looking at making another subspecies of Nile crocs. Really? It's, you know, it's hit or miss. You know how scientific names become 3,000 different names. As a guy who works in paleo, I used to volunteer in paleontology for about two years, and then uh, still falls up and listens to science shows to this very fucking day, and contributes a lot in the paleo community. Let me tell you, yeah, considering T-Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex itself, not its cousins, they wanted to make it in the three different subspecies the other day. I know all about it. No, the T-Rex fam- there, there's and the Tyrannosaur family, there's a lot, but there's only one Rex. So there's like I think five different cousins of T Rex. Some smaller, some had feathers actually. Utahiranus had feathers. Lived in the Arctic. What's the What's the one? Oh God, I had a professor in in community college that actually worked on the dig. The, the really big famous Sue. Sue. Yeah. There's also Stan the T Rex. Uh, it was Sue she worked on. She she was actually there when they started digging it. You got I do. I have an art print. Uh, I had my tonsils and adenoids taken out the day uh, Sue Anderson actually came in the town back in Illinois when I was a kid, 2004. And it was she came to the local museum in Aurora. This is before we lived more in the ghettos before we moved to Sycamore. And uh, yeah, the artist signed it and it said best wishes. And then also I said uh, it was a gift from my grandma and the t- fate really fate good T-Rex print, by the way, paleo accurate at the time. It says, Dakota, sorry you couldn't come. Rex wishes Sue. That's that's pretty cool. I actually I don't think I've ever seen a drawing like that that's that accurate. Um, maybe I don't know if you'll have a social media page for this, but uh, uh, this is my own. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, maybe you can post a picture of it. I will. <laughs> yeah, I should. I should here. But yeah. Um, well, Casey also got a we got a baby Brachiosaurus also too. So dimorphodon baby on it. This is all in a sex dungeon, of course. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, we have my swing set right over there, two of them, so you can, you can hold hands as you two are meeting each other. This is a very uncensored nature show, guys. Um, yeah, I'll let you continue on now. Sorry. Nature for Adults would have been another great name. That sounds like porn. You say that like it's a bad thing. Oh, that's, that's my next show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, working with crocodiles, you know, I, I do everything from cleaning ponds, which is honestly about 90% of it. Um, to some basic medical care when needed, scrapes and cuts, treating that kind of stuff, but also making sure that when there are actual injuries, because they are wild animals, that they get to the vet um, accordingly and on time. Um, along with that, um, I, I get to do some feedings. That's the usually the most um, entertaining part of the job for most people that are thinking, you know, I want to work with reptiles or I want to work with crocodiles, is they think about feeding and they don't necessarily think about actually hand yeah the the equipment that goes into it and the um fuck what's the word i'm thinking of um the the general animal care that really really 
is, you know, mostly cleaning. That's that's pretty much what the job is. You're cleaning up after animals that are in enclosures that can't clean up after themselves. Um, so it is majority of the time you're you're cleaning. Um, but when you're not cleaning, you know, like I said, we worked in the bottom of a dry pond, I should specify, but cleaning the pond for a New Guinea croc, um, we've had some really crazy things happen where we've had to replace dividers between um, ponds. So essentially our ponds are set up where it's one big pond split in half with plexiglass and chain link. We yeah, we do. We do move a lot of the uh, crocs out to other facilities. So when we do that, we have to noose them and and get them in crates. Or really fun. It is. It's it's honestly the most fun and entertaining part of the job. I will say, I had you weren't there, uh, but we we were having to do a repair on our broad snout caiman pin um and we were trying a really thick rope for a noose to try and catch the broad snout came in they're about four and a half five feet at most and um we were trying the thick rope and it was not working just kept sliding off uh and i we ended up swapping to a slightly smaller rope in a slightly smaller in diameter rope and I have never felt so successful in my life by the fact that I was able to successfully get it under their bottom jaw, so around their neck, tighten it, and pull them up out of the pond first try with that smaller rope. Wow. First fucking try. See, that's called the professional right there, ladies and gentlemen. And if people say otherwise, yeah, fuck yourself. So. <laughs> it's like 25 years is what's considered a professional. I thought it was 50. No, it's 25 years? I don't know. Let me look it up. All right. You look it up right there. But, I mean, that's impressive. That is, I didn't know about that. That is very fucking impressive right there. Now you got to do Yeti. <laughs> uh, Yeti is our probably close to somewhere between 800 and 1,000 pound American croc. And they, it, he is absolutely massive. Um, but I have been standing between him and his female uh for about four hours um was the most i've ever spent you had to shield the course right i did have a shield yeah. um for a little over half of it does jack shit though for them. i mean with a thousand pound croc it'll it'll do something but with a wood wood can only take so much pressure um but the shield is large enough that they can't get their jaws around it the base of his skull is like three feet make it clear as he's looking that up right there like that is one crocodilian there's only a couple of them there at the sanctuary that I work with that actually make me nervous when I'm in the cage with them. That's one of them. <laughs> He's very much one of them. Um, not even the Morlets, who I think are the sassiest ones around when it comes to crocodilians, is... I think they're the sassiest. Would you agree on that one? Like, they're the most sassiest kind of ones around. Where, uh, the uh, Morlets. I would say as juveniles, it would be a toss-up between a Morlets crocodile and an Australian freshwater crocodile. Very true. Them fuckers are good, crazy. They are incredibly crazy. But as an adult, I would give it, I would say that the New Guineas are probably really close. Salty's top of that list for sure. Siamese are close. Um, and Nile crocodiles still. Niles are very, Salty's, ah, that's a good point. Salty's and Niles for sure. I mean, have you ever watched uh, Crockett's Irwins? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. I've actually seen every episode. Shit, I'm catching up on season two right now. You're doing way better. Suck my dick. 
present. Uh, I'm, <laughs> but listen, Shark Week came out. It's been a hell of a thing. That's my secret love is sharks, and I really want to learn the work with sharks. Like I got a huge fucking resume. So do you. But we should make it clear too, uh, as he's looking this up. When you have still twenty minutes later, <laughs> it feels like it. Uh, when when you are in our position, you know. That's the thing, like, we're, as an animal field, 99% of the people will always say this, and the 1%, they don't go anywhere in our field, is you always need to be learning. Like, that's always the big thing about it. Like, you're always learning new stuff in the field. Uh, When I worked at the Exotic Animal Hospital for a year, I was learning, I learned so much under some really great scientists and doctors there. Some wonderful shit that I bring into the sanctuary and help out like a motherfucker with. Um, I teach people when I, I use in my job, when I can with exotics there as an EMT, uh, and along those lines and, you know, teaching people good things about how to help their pets in a way too. But also I worked at game and fish at that hospital too. So that allowed me to do blood draw and x-rays on a goddamn bobcat, which was terrifying when the anesthesia started to wear off in the x-ray room. We're like, go God, <laughs> gas him up. Uh, the king of the wallaby though was great. If you ever get a chance to work with the wallaby, it's wonderful. I, I remember when... Phoenix Herp or PHS. I'm going to abbreviate to PHS. Um, I remember PHS having uh, a wallaby. They used to have two, but that was before I was a volunteer. I I actually came to the sanctuary for the first time in 2006. Oh, you're old. Well, you know, a little bit. Um, 2006 for uh, when, long story short, the... Yeah. Long story short, the sanctuary had... Uh, started taking in animals that game and fish confiscated, that kind of stuff. And they... Uh, we still do, by the way. We still do, yeah, we still do. Um, they ended up getting a call about a box truck that had been pulled over, and it had um, crocodilians, alligators, um, tarantulas, you name it, a lot of reptiles, mostly illegal. It was being transported mostly. through through well they had like green iguanas and stuff on there too so i don't want to say all illegal but um for the most part it was about 80 maybe 75 percent illegal animals we should also say that you should not own this animal yeah never i don't recommend it um while they are fascinating i highly recommend admiring from a distance um having them as a pet an animal that can literally take your life um is the more so than a dog or a cat. Because don't get me wrong, dogs and cats can still do it. This is coming also from, I can agree with that 100%, as a guy who's seen corpses from dogs and cats before that have been eaten and such like that at my job. Yeah, 100%, yep. The person died or maybe it was a dog fight or something like that. But also I've had a lot of close calls. A lot of close calls with more dogs almost than crocs. Never been bit by a snake though in about, I think now it's 12 years of caring for snakes. Really? I've never been bit by a snake. Uh, or I've been bit. You can't say that anymore, but also I've been bitten more by hamsters than any reptile in my life. Well, that's because they're suicidal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they're assholes. But as you're saying with the story, because I know where you're leading with this too. This episode will be dedicated. To? I thought you were going to meet this about stubs. Oh, I was. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I t- I'm gonna, not going to lie. I forgot about all that. Kind of blacked it out. So, oh, I hit a button. We're good. I accidentally hit one of the arrows. Oh, you're good. Uh, <laughs> I hope you edit this. <laughs> oh, great. Um, yeah, so um, part of that seizure from Game and Fish that was given to 
PHS was a handful of crocodilians. Um, I believe there was a Nile crocodile, some American alligators, um, mostly American alligators that had actually been taken from the wild in Florida and Louisiana, to my knowledge. And uh, one of them, they thought, had been born without a tail, but after actually doing some x-rays, they found that it was previous trauma, that the tail had been bitten off, and for the longest time, his name was Mr. Stubbs. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Stubbs recently passed away. Um, I missed the little guy. Um, that was um, a, a real a real brand ambassador, especially for PHS. Um, we worked very closely with the university, uh, or Midwestern University, um, sorry, and uh, the wonderful people there that made him a prosthetic tail. Um, if you Google Mr. Stubbs alligator, he will absolutely come up because he was the only alligator in the world, or as far as I know, only crocodilian in the world to have a prosthetic tail. Yeah, and he also had the the best. I loved working with him. I mean, we, even before I started doing interns or crocodilians, you guys let me work with Baby and Stubbs. Yeah. Like, that was, like, the thing there, because I guess I was trustworthy. Fucking idiot. Uh, but <laughs> that that was the thing. And, you know, this episode will be dedicated to Mr. Stubbs. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a fucking heartbreaking day. But you know what, though? His mate, she still lives on, Baby. Baby who falls asleep on my lap if her mouth is taped. Fucking wonderful. I know she does a couple people, but it's a wonderful fucking experience. Um, really served as brand ambassadors for the crocodilian species, I think. A lot of, there's National Geographic did a thing. I know for sure. Yeah, National Geographic did a thing. Um, God, now we got to find the magazine with a minute. Because he's in it. He's in one. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Yeah, we're going to have to look, look that up. That's getting fucking framed. Uh, oh, by the way, I I did the research. Okay. Some some we'll call cursory research. Um, f- to be considered a professional in a field, it's uh, twenty to twenty five thousand hours. Um, but to be considered a specialist, it's four years. So. <laughs> Fucking stupid! Oh my god! Trying to figure out how many years twenty thousand years in a profession is. We're both pretty good at math, but there's just some points when we're not clocked in at a job. I'm, (laughs) sir, I have to deal with medications. I have to be fucking good at math and dosages and how many fucking uh, milliliters or cc's to give an animal of LRS out in the field or how much of the antibiotic medication to give it when out in the field and shit like that. Hell, even at the hospital. Are you? No, I learned to be good on numbers real quick again after fucking working with a forty-five-year-old bird. Where if I messed up by it. One number on how much medication to give him, he would die. I was not explaining to that old guy who who had that bird that his parrot died, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, the replacement for your wife, oh, she passed. <laughs> the bird passed. Your wife who died twenty five years ago, yeah. Mm. Um, but you know that is the thing with it. So you do that was me. That was the office scene in here. I should say tw- twelve. Twelve what? Years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Fuck me. Imagine doing something for twelve years. Well, I I did my my time. I did my waiting. Twelve years of it. <sighs> We're all nerds here. It's it's true. Everybody in the animal field is really nerds. If they're not, they're fucking lying to you. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> they're absolutely lying to you. There's no I'm way. Sure, I got that quote wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, 
But I mean, that's that's the thing too about it. Like we love what we do. We're always adapting. We're always learning new shit because people are always discovering new species, new new stories about it. That's Kayla's little Paul journal. No idea what that is. It might be a diary that you just pulled out of the desk. <laughs> you might. Uh oh. Um, that's the thing about it too, and that's why I love. That's why I wanted to start this show is to bring people on like you, Christian, to get like a behind the scenes kind of look at things and kind of give a viewpoint of it and such. I mean, we can go. You, do you have a time limit? We're at 27 uh, minutes right now. Not really. Not really? Okay. You can, you can go for like 10, 15 more minutes? Oh, yeah. Got some questions for you. Sure. I got some. This is uh, shooting the shit. My ass is off limits, unfortunately. Damn it. Um, <laughs> so what exactly? This is going to be probably commonly fucking asked questions uh, that you and I get asked on the fucking reg, for mm-hmm. sure. So as soon as people look at my Instagram, they fucking ask me questions. Yeah. And especially people when I used to work in the film industry. Let me tell you, they're all interested about animal stuff. <laughs> did air quotes yeah. oh god it's not it's not a Weinstein situation I swear I've met them but uh, no <laughs> it's just, oh, I have some stories about that by the way I met people who worked at Weinstein they had some they told me some shit they told me some hardcore shit back in the day why don't you uh you, know, <laughs> you want to start the questions yeah, uh, let's not let's not send more people to jail let's not I mean okay. yeah um but uh, Christian knows I have stories He's got a wonderful idea that he just told me about 20 minutes ago. Not telling on this show. That's going to be involved for a very adult podcast coming up here soon. Um, but <laughs> you can be, literally. Um, commonly asked questions. So what do you enjoy the most, do you think, about working with them? I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna try not to answer any of these because you and I relate a lot on both of these fucking questions. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, give, a, I'll give a little bit. I... I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so if you work with wild animals or reptiles a lot as well, carnivorous animals, you name it, um, you really have to be an adrenaline junkie. Um, so I got to say, anything that gets the blood pumping, um, r- yeah, reticulated pythons. Okay, all right, well, we'll wait for Taj, um, like the Taj Mahal. Um, he's probably going to tell you that his name is Tom, uh, but it is not. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, please, I really hope you edit this shit. <laughs> Completely unedited. This is terrifying. Anyways, um, yeah. So anything that really gets the blood pumping for me. So, um, any any time we have to go in with an animal, um, that is of significant stature, whether that be, um, you know, depending on attitude, depending on day, because reptiles are cold blooded, and crocs or crocodilians in general are the warmer it is usually the feistier they are um the other thing most people don't think about is in storms when it rains anything like that so we're like you said we're in phoenix arizona so right now it's monsoon season um so yeah global warming doesn't help um but during monsoon season i will say that majority of especially the juvenile crocs that i work with they really um, they're, they really more amped up. Um, they, it seems like they have more energy. They're more on edge. I'd contribute that to the humidity in the air. I definitely, yeah. Humidity in the air definitely does because they're like, I feel at home now. This isn't a straight heat that I feel like a SpongeBob movie mm-hmm. with SpongeBob and Patrick frying on a goddamn thing with a magnifying glass. Right. It doesn't, I, I definitely think it's more wet. It's more wet everywhere. Not just a tank. Uh, the humidity, humidity in reptiles, folks. If you have any reptiles at home, if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you do, 
humidity is your best fucking friend and it is a thing that's going to save your animal's life especially if you have a chameleon for the love of god yeah yeah like oh my lord you know how many chameleons i treated at the hospital is ungodly amount too ungodly amount um also, never release your animals, especially your reptiles, out into the wilderness. You might think that they're going to survive, and they might survive, but they're not supposed to be there, so don't do it. Yeah, it involves things called, you know, biodiversity. That's, uh, that's a little too extreme biodiversity. It also th- uh, includes things of diseases that get made, um, overpopulation in some, and depopulation in a lot of shit, too. Uh, outsourcing each other. Meaning that the species is dying. I can't compete with the other ones, so that, that species goes extinct when they're a natural resource, aka bees. Um, so, other question here, too. Your favorite crocodilian, sir. Also, I should answer the question, too. Mine is conservation with the animals, I think, and preserving them. When I, I can't tell you, I feel the most therapeutic and calm when in a crocodile pen. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think. To, I I agree with there's more than one reason to work with animals especially with reptiles um, and while being they an adrenaline right they, they really do not get enough love but being an adrenaline junkie is not a reason to work with reptiles I mean I went to school for fire science I've done rappelling I've done built my own ropes courses all kinds of stuff that is adrenaline in and of itself the real reason anyone wants to work with animals is to help the animals, can teach about conservation, um, really um, try to bestow knowledge about the animals to people that don't understand or don't know. Um, and I know that this episode has really been off the rails for most of it, That's but uh, it's, it's all right, cool. So yeah. I'm finding out that this is going to be like this every time. I'm really sorry. Uh, anyways, um, (laughs) right. Uh, yeah. So no conservation is really the biggest part. My, my ultimate end goal for myself is I would love to work with endangered crocodilian species in the wild. Um, there aren't a lot of facilities out there that are doing a whole lot. You've got, um, IUCN red list that does a lot of research. That's mostly scientists. There is. Okay. I did not know about that. Oh, all right. Cool. Uh, So I'll have to look into that. Um, But there's, uh, you know, one of my favorites to keep up on is the Crocodile Research Coalition in Mexico and down through the Yucatan Peninsula. Um, They do a lot with Morlet's crocodiles, American crocodiles, um, and they're recently starting to branch out to, um, to expand into South America, start focusing on um, Orinoco crocodiles, I've heard rumors of, um, some Cayman species, as well as they they have an interest in Cuban crocodiles. It's just really hard to get into Cuba still to actually do that research to back it up. Even after the recent loss? Yeah, uh, mostly because the it's less of the government and more so getting the permits to to actually go out and survey these animals and that's that's really a right that's that's really a struggle no matter where you're at is getting the permits to be able to actually go out and handle wild animals um without those permits you're risking prison time um and especially in other countries you really don't want to be putting yourself um crocodilians are mostly in 
uh, aquatic areas and you know honestly a lot of the reason why there's not as much much research backing up the crocodilian populations and how we can actually observe them and how we can maintain them throughout the future to keep the species alive is because it's so hard to get to the location where they're native to on top of that if you're looking at south and central america you're dealing with cartels you're you're dealing with um civil wars wars, yep that's very true um when you go yeah right when you go when you get into asia you're dealing with civil wars as well that's that's really the biggest thing over there um the one of the hardest ones to get permits to go to it would be china to to try and observe the chinese alligators which which I do want to say, if it's called the Chinese, al- I mean, we're you know what we have the American alligator and we treat them like shit. So there is that, I suppose. It's interesting you say that because the American alligators are one of the few conservation success stories from the the last hundred years that we actually can look back on. Really? Because at one point they were on the verge of extinction. There was not many left out there. They may, yeah, okay. Clarification here. They're not, I know for sure, like, not for conservation for extinct status. How would, and I know their level of conservation at the moment, but, I mean, in how we treat them in general, because that's a big part of the problem with crocodilians, yeah. is they're crocs. You got alligators, you got crocs. I mean, fuck, how many other things in Florida do you see where they just, like, bring in the biggest one? Uh, hold on, let me get, that's not that's old man X. Let me get the real one. I'm not insulting anybody, I swear. And I would come on down here, and then you go bring in the largest uh, alligator you can, and you get a $100,000 prize. Or, but go and kill them snakes, them little demons, go kill them, bring them out in there and shit. I just insulted all of Florida. I'm so sorry. Texas Rattlesnake Roundup. Texas Rattlesnake Roundup. Arizona's one of the few who doesn't do bullshit like that. Arizona, in the U.S. at least, to my knowledge, is one of the toughest on uh, animal laws in general. So. Good. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's fantastic. I think um, every state could be tougher, yeah. uh, but Arizona really is, especially when it comes to animal abuse, anything like that, um, killing. What was that? You know who's second? I do not. Um, really? Yeah. Very I close. I didn't know that California was second. I would have thought they would have been first, and we would have been second, um, mostly because usually we're at the bottom of the list. Um, because yeah, right, education. Um, <laughs> stay in school, folks. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah um but no and um all right other than that, i'm taking the mic from you sir sooner or later we're gonna get a really fancy setup in here for when i bring people over but i it's just tough it's tough especially a carnivore especially one like that taj and i are definitely gonna have a very in-depth talk about this for snakes because snakes also are the ones that probably get a worse rap because nobody like we're moving into more territory of people like, oh, I'm an animal friend. I'm an animal person. And what pisses me off more is when people tell me they're an animal person and they love animals, they fight for their rights and stuff, but they're only in it for cats and dogs. That is not an animal person. Fuck spiders. That's different, and I like spiders. <laughs> I've literally had spiders go into my ear, and I had to pull them out. But <laughs> Christian's done. He's, he's arachnophobia. He's not going to see the remake. Uh, I'm gonna buy him a ticket though. Either way, it's gonna fucking. All right, you say that now. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get really drunk or stoned. No, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll wander around uh, and and see that because I remember a time 
um, I'm going to throw it back a few years to the idea of as a child, I don't know about you, Dakota, but uh, my so, mom, my mom worked at Blockbuster for fun. And so she actually would bring home just random movies. We're the same age, asshole. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but we have different experiences. Um, so, so yeah, she, w- she worked at Blockbuster for fun for like a uh, summer. Um, and my, my dad would always take me and we'd pick out a movie and then she'd come home and surprise us with a movie, um, which is one of my all-time favorite memories. But um, there is one specific memory that pertains to movies because I know you're a movie fanatic. Um, that really sticks out in my mind, and that is wandering around a random-ass Hollywood video moments before they were closing. We'd been in there for like an hour, um, and the one movie, I, she told me I could pick out one movie. I found one movie, and I picked out Arachnophobia. Any video I got from Hollywood Video was either Godzilla or some incredibly sci-fi movie with me and my grandma. It was a fun fact, folks. They had The gaming department made was metal as fuck. And it was chain link fence in there. There was painted black, and you just and it's like here's the video games. Isn't it cool? And I'm like, yeah, it's actually really cool. Um, yeah, god damn, that's I would not expect that actually from you. Right. Wow. Yeah. Look at you go. I love scary movies. I love horror movies. Anything like that. That I do know. That one I did know, but I wouldn't figure arachnophobia. Um, but I, going back to it, I just I think it's tough for we can finish this topic that we did start. Fuck. Um. <laughs> for trailing off it's it's just tough to get you know support like i said being an animal person is more than just cats and dogs and you almost always see support for animals anymore of the fluffy the cute the why can't cuddle it that thing you can't cuddle is a big part of our ecosystem and fucking makes the world go round uh ladies and gentlemen like there is a lot of shit in there that need the love and support and yeah you can't hug them i mean you can if you know how to scoop or get pinned down an alligator hatchling or something like that a little baby i mean kind of but more or less mm-hmm. i mean i said like i said baby her mouth tape she's fucking lays in my lap falls asleep so is that, and she really does because she pushes my ass down every time. That hurt. Uh, <laughs> really did. My legs hurt for like two weeks. <laughs> it's like fuck. Um, and just not getting the love and support, which is part of the reason why I did the show, is so we can get the love and support out there to show that these are more than just. Especially Carl, we were gonna have obviously talk. I'm gonna have people on who are you know non-carnivore keepers and whatnot too, and all that jazz, and conservation folks, and. The, the animals out there who need the love, the exotic love and such like that. We may talk about cats and dogs here and now and then, but like it's it's tough. And I feel like there's a little bit of a glimmer of hope. But in that glimmer, like it's that glimmer, like you see the sun when you're going down on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's like I feel like we're going down, but the sun's still there. But we need to get off the cart and say we need to go back up instead of going down. Because I don't like the trajectory we're heading for representation for animals. To be honest with you, like, fuck, Idris Elba's new movie is coming out. It's all about uh, lions being man-eaters. I thought it was about one specific man-eater. What, one specific man-eater. And it's not even the movie, it's not even the true only man-eater lion, the one from the 1800s, where the dude took three months to hunt him down, he had like 47 confirmed kills mm-hmm. or something like that. It's not even that movie. It's just like modern-day times, guy having a lion come after him. Not mutated, but it's a real, aren't these animals scary? It's like, no, these animals are endangered. They need fucking help. I love Lake Placid as much as the fucking next guy, but you know what? The animals need more better representation, I think. They really do, and we're f- Christian and I and other people are in a war right now, to say the least here, to protect and preserve these animals. 
in this downward slope. It's getting really fucking serious right now, but I just want to make that clear and finish that point for going on for like 10 minutes. I'll brighten it up a bit. Um, when when it comes to crocodilians, because that's really my main focus. Answer. What's your favorite one? Oh, I never answered that? Okay, I'll come back. Um, so, yeah, the the real crazy thing is is when it comes to crocodilians, whether you think you know something about them or not, a wild animal is a wild animal, and they will defend themselves to the death no matter what. Humans are scary to every species, and we are only apex predators because of our technology. That said, on the topic of man-eater lions, I don't know if you heard the news from last week, but there actually was a uh, CEO of a big game hunter company. I don't know what you want to call that. Um, hunting guy? Terrorist. Yeah, well, fair. <laughs> Uh, so he w- he was the CEO of a of a guide company for big game hunters, and uh, he actually was out on. Uh, he's known for hunting lions and elephants, and I won't say his name, but say his fucking name. I don't remember it. Fucking liar. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he actually he actually uh, was um, going after a pride of lions. Um, and he waded into a bit of water and actually was consumed by Nile crocodiles. <laughs> Sometimes there is justice in this world. The names have been changed, but the stories are true. This is law and order. Law and order is fucking served. That, I can't remember the actress name, but that was my like one of my crushes. That was my, that was one of my crushes growing up. The woman from the Law and Order SVU. I can't remember her actress's name, uh, but that's a brilliant fucking story. <laughs> I love that. I love when I should. Ha- I love it because all the news I've been seeing recently has not been good in animals' favor. Not, uh, between sharks who get in a bad fucking rap right now, between crocodilians, other predators, non-predators, like it's a whole fucking thing. Um, uh, Mariska Hargitay. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong or butchered it. Terribly sorry. Yeah, that was um one of my favorite one of my crushes right there. Um, so like Chloe from Smallville, but we're not gonna get into that one. Tough, tough, tough crowd on that. Um, but yeah, that's fucking. Cr- I love when that shit happens, man. Um, Global Conservation Force—they're doing the Lord's work. There was a Lord. Um, but Earth Race. What is that one? Uh, so, so Earth Race is a um, I believe their group founded or at least run. Mostly their direct action department is run or operated by um, Pete Bethune, who I, myself, I am a huge Sea Shepherd supporter. Um, they're a marine conservation organization that focuses on direct action. Um, and I was, was going to mention this, that actually Paul Watson, Captain Paul Watson, the legendary Paul Watson, the stepped man, down. The, the man, the myth, the legend. He stepped down uh, from the Sea Shepherd Conservation Society, which is the United States United States Department of it. Um, there's a little bit go- back and forth going on there, but he's still part of Sea Shepherd Global. Anyways, Earth Race is a um, a group that focuses on hunting, for lack of a better term, hunting poachers, um, and they That's have conservation force. Yes. Okay. They are a majority of the direct action force for those guys are former 
Special Forces, Pete Bethune himself, I believe, is British SAS, if I'm not mistaken, or or maybe he might be Australian. Are you tell me Captain Price is on this team? It's been rumored. <laughs> if you know who that is, you are a legend. Christian looks now done. He's like, you piece of shit. Right, continue, sorry. But yeah, so they... they oh, well, all right, well. Well, we got, we got like six more inches um they really they they will go out and pete bethune highly recommend following his social media stuff um uh, i believe it was 2019 it may have been december of 2018 though was actually on mission in the amazon rainforest and was bitten by a fertilance and they're boat with their medical like their actual medical staff was um still i want to say he was really far um something like four miles or something like that from where they were at in the jungle and he actually after being bitten on the leg hiked uh, about three quarters of the hike out to the boat on the river and then had to be carried by the rest of his crew um, back to the boat, and f- he survived. He made it. He got anti venom. He was he's okay now. But um, honestly, that hike probably saved his life. Absolute badass. Absolute badasses in our field of animals, man. It really is true. I mean, they may look at us and say wimps, but uh, fuck you. Uh, like, do we retire and just go work on the Sea Shepherd? Uh, it's volunteer only, except for like a handful of people. Um, but if I was a millionaire, yeah, I'd absolutely do that. We're both with people. We both have girlfriends. Maybe they can hold down the fort for like a year. It's just they're gonna listen to this and say, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> they're not gonna listen to this. I doubt Olivia will listen to this. Oh, there she, Olivia. You're great. What the hell? See, she, we can say we talked about her on the show. Well, yeah, that's fair. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, Michaela. Love you. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> d- yeah, we're, we're almost almost about an hour here. Um, like I said, Christian, thank you for coming on, man. We had some really good talks on this show. I think. I'm going to steal this. My favorite species. It started out as saltwater crocodile. Still is my top favorite species. But after doing... Yeah, um, it's the animal that got me interested in reptiles and animals in general. But um, the... The after doing research, um, it's actually the Chinese alligator. They're one of they're the most endangered species of crocodilian on the planet. There's um, as of this past January, um, IUCN Red List lists them as having less than eighty adult individual breeding age adult individuals in the wild. Um, and as far as I know, the tally is not completely in for this year's breeding season. But last year, there was only three discovered nests um and of those we have been trying with ours yeah we have four chinese alligators there are a lot in captivity throughout the world um however returning them to the wild is not something that has happened yet china has not allowed it it's going to be cloning for that one that's going to be one of the species i believe um that's that i do remember you talking about that because you did a hell of a lot of research and big paper published on the chinese alligator and such still say man these these papers you put together you should go put them out there and shit i really do think so because a lot of people you never know i mean there's people who work in paleontology now that were just big fans like me 
and they work full time in it. Maybe they volunteered a little bit like myself, but they put together a paper and they're like, oh, this paper's actually really good. Have you done the experience? No. Okay, well, come on down with us. I, you never know what can happen with that. I do want to say, we got to mention the Steve Irwin on this show uh, because we're talking about Crocs. The That was my inspiration for it. Uh, that's why I like working with crocodilians is, yeah, same. Yeah, I and mean, most of us here in animal business, no matter what species you're working with, is that. Um, I don't, well, it's, either, it's either Steve Irwin, Irwin Jeff Corwin, um, Jack Hanna. Uh, I met two out of the three. Have you? Yeah. Did not meet Jeff Steve. Corwin? I have met Jeff Corrin. I actually have a book with his autograph somewhere, actually, too. I don't know where. I don't, I, we just recently moved into the apartment. I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> I should say something. Uh, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. I'll tell stories off mic for that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, shit, I've loved crocodilians probably since I've been five. Five years old, I think. Even before Steve Irwin. Like, I loved him even before that. My... Oh, God. I'd have to check Facebook to find out. I'm oh. I'm reminiscing right now. I want to say my first grade, maybe second grade birthday party. So I was turning, I don't know, seven, maybe eight. Uh, was actually a Steve Irwin in Australia Zoo-themed birthday party. I have one of the original shirts um, in a men's small, so it is one of these shirts from the Crocodile Hunter Collision Course set. Um, as well as, I do have, yeah, the shirt from the movie. I have the cards, the playing cards. I have the board game. Have you seen the movie? I have seen the movie. I have it on DVD, don't you worry. Um, and uh, I do also have the uh, bath towel that they put out. Um, do you have it out to see? Uh, it's at my parents' house, but I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to Olivia's, um, so you can see it. But, uh, yeah, and, um, I've got every copy of the show. I have the movie. Um, there was a second movie, but I don't really count that one. I don't think anybody does, because it wasn't really a movie. It, Dakota's giving me a look like he's never even heard of it. Um. <laughs> I, I know, I've actually heard about it, but I've never, I don't remember it at all. Uh, yeah, no, I have, I have just about all of it, but, um, yeah, Salties and Chinese Alligators are, are my favorites. He used to have a Steve Irwin bobblehead who would say crikey all the time. He used to, yeah, it was plastic, so you obviously win this dick competition. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, technically though, and I should clarify, when I did meet Jack and Jeff, separate occasions... And it was because I was volunteering at a museum who is not in business anymore, but I still have the hat. It's a Midwest Museum of Natural History. I was a friend. It was a it's a long story. But long story short, I worked with their animals there when I was seven. I was working with venomous snakes. Okay. Yeah. They had venomous. They had black mama there. Worked with that. Um, I worked with their uh, non-venomous snakes, bugs, uh, bearded dragons, skinks. Uh, along those lines, they had a bunch of living collections there. They had stuffed animals that were donated, like lions that were alive but then stuffed. They had them donated. Uh, they were donated by not big game hunters or bullshit like that, but actually scientists. So, like, they were ones that were used for science, and people would come in and actually study them and research them or shit like that. I, I'll say um, that I think I'm just going to I'm gonna start wrapping it up. Yeah. No, you're good. I just want to say that they came out to there. And, yeah, that's where I know I'm from. They did presentations, and I worked with their animals. Well, I say, uh, as as we start to cl shut this down and wrap this up, um, I say, I if you'd have me, I'd love to be back to have 
um, a more in-depth episode talking about crocodilians. I know we just kind of touched on it, but this is more, I assume, of an introductory episode to the podcast and the chaos that it will ensue. Um, But along with that, I think it would be fantastic to do an episode on museums. We can. We absolutely can. There are a few people we could reach out to, too. I think you and I both can. I definitely say we're just going to be part two in Crocodilians. There's, I, I, I'm going to make it clear now. We're always going to have a part two. <laughs> so there's going to be a part two to every subject animal that we're going to be doing on this show. Um, Christian will be definitely back with Crocodilians. I'll have other people on the show too. But just so you guys know, yeah, it is definitely going to be multiple parts for different species that we cover on the show. Not just reptiles. We're going to cover birds. We're going to cover mammals. We're going to cover aquatics. Oh, Casey would be awesome to have on this show. Holy shit. Um, yeah, he'd be great. He taught me a lot about aquariums the other day. You and I both. And then he taught me about transportation of aquatic animals as well. Man. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do want to. Man, I want to work with aquatics again so fucking bad. I've worked with stingrays and baboo sharks. But, uh, Christian, because you have a few things coming up actually, though. Where can people find you on social media if you want to give it out? If you have any. I don't. Slacking. You. Nothing official, at least. Just like my personal. I mean, the personal account. Oh, it's private? Yeah. Oh, well, fuck me, I guess. Well, for the show, guys, <laughs> for the show, you can follow me at Dakota Morgan 3 on Twitter, Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan 97. Uh, you can catch all the pictures of the animals we actually work with because I post them multiple times on Instagram. Um, I think I have you on Instagram. I can't remember. Okay. Um, if you see Asmi right now, to be like, no. No, you don't. Now you do. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Who's what? <laughs> This is under your recommended. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about adult entertainment stores. Um, and if you want to follow on the YouTube page, uh, Dakota Morgan up on YouTube. What? I'll talk to you about it later. Okay. Is it bad? No, no. Oh. We've talked about it before, but I didn't know he followed you. Oh. Greg Wong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, so you guys can keep, keep in touch with the show on there. YouTube, Dakota Morgan for all things dinosaur that I do on there, as well as video games and other shit like that, too. Uh, to subscribe to the show for new episodes every week, guys. I'm going to try to do every week here. We may take some breaks in between for Nature's Radio, wherever you guys listen to podcasts. It's going to be out everywhere. I still got to fucking sign that up. So, yeah, if you guys enjoy the show, leave a review, too. We'd appreciate the reviews. Uh, if you want Christian back, say it on a fucking review. If you want him back, if you think he's a piece of shit, I'll... Go ahead and say uh, you're sure, yeah. But <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a weekend. Is he? He's gonna get him to Twitter. All right. I mean, here you go. No, it's fine. All right. <laughs> he know his name in Twitter. My brother wants to start a podcast. I don't know this shit. God damn it. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. And of course, fo- I mean, any final words, Christian? I hate you. I hate love you. It's a love hate relationship. <laughs> God damn it. You want to come back for part two? Uh, hopefully, we'll have a double mic set up at that point. But it's very expensive. I'll have a mic soon. I can just bring it. There you go. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but yeah, guys, you guys all rock. I don't want to say thank you for listening. If you fucking listen to the whole, this whole thing, you rock. I fucking feel like uh, Jeff Ramsey right now with this outro, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. And of course, as always, remember, folks, protect all animals, conserve, and just keep loving the earth, man. Thanks, everybody. Peace.